Welcome to Lectionary Bites, a podcast for the busy pastor, the bogged down student, and the curious biblical scholar. Each short episode features different professors and students from Concordia Seminary in St. Louis, narrowing in on an insight or two from the assigned scripture readings from the week. We hope these bites can support your sermon prep, spark new ideas and connections, and help you meditate on God's Word throughout your busy week. Lectionary Bites is brought to you by the Hasi Library on the campus of Concordia Seminary in St. Louis. The Hasi Library, inspiring theological discovery. Okay, welcome to Lectionary Bites. My name is Kendall Davis. I am an STM student in the exegetical department right now, and I have with me... My name is Ben Vanderheide. I'm also STM student in the historical department. Yeah, and today I'm going to be leading us in a discussion of the epistle reading for the second Sunday in Lent, Philippians chapter 3, verse 17 through chapter 4, verse 1. And so Ben is going to read the text for us, and then we're going to talk about some features in the text that stuck out to me and how we might develop this for preaching. So, Ben, do you want to go ahead and read this text for us? All right, here we go. Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly, and they glory in their shame, with minds set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body, by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord. Nice. Yeah, no, this is a fun passage. I think their God is their belly is always a fun one to, to <laughs> hear people quote and bring up. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like Luther kind of used that one a lot. That seems like something he would fling out in his polemics. But I'm interested in, in verse 17. Brothers, join in imitating me, Paul, and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. And then he, he goes on to talk about kind of, there's other people who you shouldn't be following. Exactly. But follow our example. And he's talking about the example of, of, of himself primarily, but then also um, the other apostles and those who, who teach and live according to the apostles' doctrine and life. And it's interesting for a couple of reasons. Because I think, you know, as Lutherans, we'll talk about the faithfulness to the apostolic teaching, right? That like this is the primary way in which we are apostolic. So we follow the doctrine of the apostles. But I think Paul would alert us here, too, that faithfulness to the apostles also means faithfulness to the apostolic pattern of life. And we know because of that, that Paul really talks about the example you have in us. I, I assume that us is the apostles, or at least Paul and his other like coworkers. But yeah, like that, right. that's another like really important way that we are faithful to the apostles, is that we follow the pattern of life, especially for pastors. I think there's two ways that we fall on Paul. Like we'll either say that, well, he's no better than us. He's just a human. Or we'll say, well, like I can't be like Paul. He was like this superhuman apostle. Have you seen the meme? It's it's not quite this verse, but it's another one. It's like, you know, join in imitating me as I imitate Christ. And it's got like, you know, it'll have like a lion like stretching uh, and it says Christ. And then it'll have like, say like a leopard stretching and it says Paul. And there's like a tiny house cat stretching. It's like me. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen that? No. 
Yeah, that's great. But like, no, I I, I think that that, that kind of captures the idea that we're like you know you know you know Jesus is Jesus, and then like Paul's pretty cool, but like man, I mean, you know, this little like freaking joke, man. <laughs> but that's a good point. He's talking about us, and, and it is Paul and Timothy who he he says it's from both of them. Yeah. So imitate both of them. Yeah, which is is interesting. I think also as pastors that if we're going to imitate Paul, that we should be able to like tell people with a straight face, like, hey. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. That's a hard thing to do. That our, our lives would be ordered such that we could actually like say that to people. That's a yeah. That's a heavy I, thing. Yeah, I think. But like, I I think that's what we're we're called to do, and to be able to do. But yeah, another thing that was struck in verse seventeen in the ESV it says, "Keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us." And I was thinking, I was like, what? What Greek word was there for example? Like I couldn't think of anything. You, you, you know, yeah, yeah, tupas, which I think is sometimes just transliterated as type. Like we'll talk about like types in the Old Testament. That's these kind of like foreshadowing figures of Jesus. You know, we talk about say like Joseph as a type of Christ or Moses as a type of Christ. They foreshadow Christ. They do some of the same things that he does. But this is interesting, I think, to think about ways in which the apostles are also types of Christ, but after the fact. So you have types, tupoi, before Jesus, and also tupoi after yeah. Jesus that point back to Jesus in their imitation of Jesus. Maybe model would be a good model. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good. Those. That's a good word too. Yeah, but it, it and and Paul isn't kind of quite making that move here, but just that that word and the associations with it kind of made me think of that as well. And that, that would be an interesting way, I think, of kind of playing around with the way that kind of all of the lives of the faithful point back to Jesus across time. Jesus is at the center of everything. It all points forward or it points back. That carries on in our lives too as we seek to be tupoi uh, models or even examples that point back to Jesus. So I, I thought that was interesting. For preaching in particular, as I would develop this, I'd be interested in especially kind of make this part of this passage speak to the issue of like kind of scandals in the church, that there are kind of all these bad examples, bad two boy out there. And you kind of look at the headlines and there, there always seems to be, to be, be somebody, you know, who, you know, alive or dead and it gets revealed that they were, you know, it's, it's usually some kind of, you know, sex scandal or they were embezzling money or it even happens, you know, in local places where, you know, some pastor has had an affair or was doing something. And I find people get kind of overwhelmed by these negative examples of Christians and especially church leaders and pastors and clergy. And people begin to, you know, it's, it's easy then to say that, like, well, maybe this whole thing is a joke. Like maybe like the church and all of Christianity is kind of, it's all just a crock if there's nobody who's actually faithful. And I think it can easily feel like that if you don't have these alternative examples, if you don't have the examples that Paul is talking about, that, that, that we need those so that I, I can see. Because, yeah, like when I see, you know, the headlines of all these kind of horrible things being done, I see that I'm like, that's terrible. But I also know of all these other people, all these others, all the other people who whose lives actually do point me back to Jesus. And I see in their lives, and I know that the Spirit is at work in His church. And I know that it's not all a lie. But I don't know if a lot of people 
have those examples strong enough to mind where they can actually do that and be, be able to separate that out. And so if I were to develop in this a sermon, I would be interested in drawing that out mm-hmm. and, even, and even telling some stories about kind of saints from the past, you know, there's like all kinds of stories and also kind of from the present and encouraging people to like look for these examples that point people back to, to Jesus. We had a great example this morning in chapel from Dr. Peter. Yep. Mm -hmm. Preached a sermon, talked about um, a woman at his former parish who, she wasn't like one of these wealthy or really important Mm -hmm. people, but she was rather poor, but she wrote birthday cards to every member of the congregation every year. It's like a big church and taught Sunday school for like 60 years. And like, so like everybody turned out for her funeral. And so she was, you know, a a saint. So it doesn't have to be like Athanasius, you know, because he was an important person, but even the stories of the the, the simple people of our our life and our our context. Yeah. I think those stories of kind of of very quiet service are, are so profound. I'm reminded of in uh, C.S. Lewis's The Great Divorce. There's a scene where it's, it's the the people from hell. They take a bus ride up to like the gates of heaven. Right. And they see this woman who is like, there's this huge like parade and party going on. And, like, oh, yeah. They're all celebrating right. her. And he turns to somebody who's like, who's that? Like, is that some, like, surely this has to be somebody I know. And his guide says like, oh yeah, no, no, no. Like you, you wouldn't have ever heard of her like she, <laughs> yeah. she she was this woman that was like nobody knew her but like the example that she set was like so beyond anything else that she's like this most like famous person now i think that's often how this sort of thing goes is that some of the best examples are also the most hidden um, which which is why we need to kind of be intentional about looking looking for yeah. these and so looking is a big thing in this too and yeah. where, where you're looking is it at earth and is it at heaven mm-hmm. and um i like that kind of the Greek word scopeo, I mean, it's a cognate of our, our scope idea. And oh, you're so right. you're, you're zeroing in on on something, and you're either looking at earthly things or heavenly things, and the, the heavenly things are hidden on the earth in the in the lives of the saints. Yeah, I know, and that makes me think of, like, some of Paul's other instructions where he talks about, like, you know, when there's, like, angry, divisive people, he says, like, don't don't bother with people like that. And so it's the same thing with like the focus of our attention that when we have these people who kind of put shame to the name of Christ and his church, we shouldn't be given those people like our attention. Like we, we need to like make whatever like changes in our organizations, et cetera, to like prevent that sort of thing from happening. But like yeah. they do not need to be the focus of our attention or our, our school bus right. like that. Right. Um, and that, that's something we need to be intentional about cultivating as well. Yeah. I was also been thinking about like sermon structure too. Are you familiar with like Schmidt will talk about a a multiple story structure where you okay. like tell multiple stories in a sermon and sometimes the sermon can be maybe almost entirely composed of these kind of serial stories sure, together. Sure. It would be interesting to I, I would be interested in exploring something like that. Obviously with some kind of like introduction and, and maybe even a conclusion. Yeah. Um, but it, it would be interesting to kind of weave together different stories. Definitely. Um, yeah. Both kind of older and then also uh, some contemporary ones as well. Yeah. And like struggling for an, for ideas for a sermon. I mean, there are so many lives of the saints. Oh, like yeah. The, the biblical saints, Old Testament, New Testament. You've got 
just so many. I mean, how many stories of Paul do you have? And then saints in the history of the church since Christ. Yeah. So two resources that I would probably look at, or actually, actually have three to, to share with everyone today. Uh, one is, this is a more recent book by uh, Will Whedon, uh, who's a pastor out in uh, St. Paul Hamill in Southern Illinois. He has a book, it's red, it's called Celebrating the Saints. And it goes through all the people who have commemorations in the liturgical year. And so he has like a, just like a couple pages on each of them and there's pictures and everything. And it's, it's a great kind of just introduction to all these people. It, and it's, it's, it's a really great source book for that. Another one is, this is a bit more hardcore, but it's called The Golden Legend. It was compiled in 1260 in Italy. And it's this huge kind of medieval compilation of stories of the saints. It's a big, big fat book. I didn't I know about this. Yeah, yeah. And cool. it's, it's old stuff because it was made in 1260, so it's yeah. old stuff before that. That's awesome. So that's another big one that I would be cool. interested in taking a look at. Another one for somebody a little more recent would be, um, are you familiar with Henry Garricky? Yeah. So he was an LCMS chaplain and pastor in the St. Louis area. And he's well known for, uh, he was the chaplain to a lot of the high-level Nazi officials when they were tried at Nuremberg. Um, there's a great book, uh, Mission at Nuremberg, which kind of catalogs his life and, and gives a particular focus to, to that, that period in his life. Um, but his story is really great. I, I listened recently on The Lutheran Hour, and he talked about Garricky and his, his life, and that, that kind of started getting me thinking about, about this as well. But that, that would be a good contemporary example as well, and somebody also from our own circles. A volume that I would put forward is yeah. if you just find sermons of the church fathers, like I've read sermons of Chrysostom where he just flies through all of these examples of the saints, like different people. Usually, oh, yeah. he, he likes to use biblical examples, but so just to read sermons and just see how they, how they and do see it. How, how they do it. So, um, I don't know, Nicene, anti-Nicene fathers. Yeah. Um, well, that's a good resource. Too. Just look at sermons. Mm-hmm. It would be it would be maybe interesting to see um, any sermons on on this passage to see if they I could because I could totally see them doing something like that. Yeah, and, and it would be important also I think to to make sure kind of like in all this talk there's an emphasis still on that you know this not turning into some kind of like moralism as well that this this is about seeing the work of Christ and the work of Spirit in the lives of people right because when when Paul tells them you know imitate me. It's about imitating them in a life that is conformed to the gospel, a life that is, you know, that understands the reality of the freedom and the forgiveness that has been won in Jesus and how that changes your life. Um, and Because th- this is always how, how Paul preaches, that you understand who you are, and then that changes then how you act. So that, that would be another important thing in this sermon, too, is to, to make that clear. So it's not this kind of moralism thing, which is, which is something that the kind of tradition of the saints— often turned into. Yeah. Well, and uh, I mean, Chrysostom isn't afraid to preach it. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you no, think no. that because Christ is good, you have an excuse because he's God and you're not. But uh, look, Paul, <laughs> follow Paul. He's, yeah, yeah. he's not God. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have any excuse. <laughs> if you feel nervous about following Jesus, at least follow Paul. You know, it's a little more attainable. Yeah, I think that's what we've got. Hopefully this was uh, helpful to you as you think about this passage and maybe preaching or teaching on it. This has been Lectionary Bites with Kendall and Ben. So thank you for listening. If you enjoyed Lectionary Bites, be sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Facebook so that you don't miss a single episode. 
This podcast is brought to you by the Hasse Library on the campus of Concordia Seminary in St. Louis. The Hasse Library, inspiring theological discovery. 